0: Uh oh, that's ugly. Ugh, ugh, ah, ah. 32-23 Browns beat the Colts week 5. Kevin Bowen back. Kevin's corner. We are in Studio Chris Presley across the way. You know, 425 kickoff. I thought the best game of the weekend on paper. Mm-hmm. You know, entering week 5, I was really really looking forward to that, man, and it was just uh somewhat entertaining, I guess, but in the end a lot of banging head against the wall for right. Colts fans.
1: Definitely entertaining in the sense that the game was never over. I mean, the Browns were certainly trying to keep the Colts in the game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. They had some drops there in the second half that were.
1: But yeah, it was. We both predicted a Colts loss, but I think it's always still disappointing, especially to lose a game that way where you're so close on so many different opportunities and you just can't get it done.
0: With without a doubt. Um, and we'll certainly hit on those. What I liked, what I didn't like, typical Monday podcast and lots of Twitter questions. Just briefly overall thoughts, Chris. This game so far was the toughest challenge for the Colts. Mm-hmm. I think the Browns are a better football team than the Bears. I don't think the Bears are a January football team. I can't I know they won on Thursday night. Freaky things happen on Thursday night. I can't go there yet. And we get into this contender pretender. Your record's still fine. 3-2 and two football team. Again, right. I've said it. If you're 5-2 and two af- after the bye when you beat the Lions, solid. Mm-hmm. I still think this is a team that will play in January, but that gauge yesterday is more of what you will see in January, potentially on the road, against a pretty high-powered offense. Right. And you looked like a definite pretender yesterday. Mm-hmm.
1: It's October 12th.
0: That's the good news. You know, we have – you know how long NFL football seasons are?
1: It's such a grind. <laughs> I mean, especially in this in this year. Like right. Who knows what's going to happen?
0: You know, five games, so, like, you're almost a third of the way, so that seems like you're kind of far along. But things can change so much, and that's the beauty and sometimes the horror of it, you know, which, whichever way you look at it. But right now, it's more of a – when we're measuring stick of January football, I see this team not at that level right now. And that's what's got to change. The good news is you'll have more of those games. Mm -hmm. Better teams, uh, certainly, uh, await. But uh, yesterday, man, you just didn't look like a team that you still have questions. Can you win a shootout? Uh, Can you beat a quality team on the road? Right now, those answers are no. The good news is, you know, 11 games Mm -hmm. to try and rewrite that script.
1: Yeah, and I think yesterday was really, we talked about how many different, how many first true tests they were going to have. You look forward in the schedule you see people like Deshaun Watson. You see people like Lamar Jackson yesterday, and Baker Mayfield's ability to extend plays and get outside of the pocket was huge.
0: Yeah. Um, is that what, what, what's my first one I didn't
1: like? I kind the of pass, rush, pass which, rush.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to start here. Um, so. I feel like, and judging by my mentions after the game, my ratio on mentions of Philip Rivers should be benched, should be you know thrown out mm-hmm. of the city of Westfield, Carmel, wherever he lives, versus mentions of the defense and the pass rush. Oh my God! It was like a hundred to one. I'm like, wait, did we not watch the first half? Did someone miss the? F- did it? We just fast forward to the yeah. last thirty minutes. You gave up twenty points in one half of football. That's horrific. Mm-hmm. That is hor- – and I'm like, let's not lose sight of this. So I want to mention that first because, you know, I'm a big believer again in game flow. And when your pass rush was, yeah, okay, Halloween ghost-like, uh, you know, to, to keep the theme of, of October there, which is just a horrible uh, job by me to try and <laughs> – whatever. um, Just awful. Yeah. Four-man rush, no chance. The three-man rush, I mean, what what do you expect? It's just – Baker, he can be erratic. We've seen that. His completion percentage is not at the top of the NFL by any means. He'll give you some chances. And if you create more pressure or just send guys that makes that ball come out earlier and his legs can't extend those plays, I think he would have given you a few more chances. Mm -hmm. And he already gave you a lot. Okariki and Walker obviously took advantage of both of those in the second half. But I was really disappointed in the pass rush Matt Eberflus is a big believer. The Colts don't blitz a whole lot. No. You, you might have sent me that, that that note last week, or someone did, uh, just about how few times the Colts really blitz throughout a game compared to the rest of the NFL. And you know, when you got a ten-play, eighty-yard drive, and then another one, and then and it's like, oh boy, got to change it up, got to do things differently. I thought it was more on the rush and less on the coverage. Now, I didn't think the coverage was great either. The miscommunication on Odell being guarded by Anthony Walker on a fourth and goal or fourth and one, whatever that was. Come on. Like I thought there was some Rocky scene, Xavier Rhodes, those guys looking at each other like, wait, wait, is this week one again? You know, who, who had who here? But I think the pass rush was more of the culprit for me. Uh, I thought DeForest Buckner was really quiet. Again, especially when the game mattered and that game mattered defensively for the first half. You did a great job against the run and I'd, I want to mention that as well, and I, and I think we will in, in, in things that I like. But still, when you look at this team from a first-half pressure standpoint, you got them behind the chains. You put them in some less-than-favorable situations, and you just got torched. Yeah. And Cleveland made some stupid catches, for sure. Oh. And, and Jarvis Landry you know, gave you a few of those back in the second <laughs> half with some of those drops. But, man, it's – um. Just not enough rush, not enough pressure. The disrupting of timing that we always talk about, to me, the first level of that is with your pass rush. Yeah. And Houston, Autry, Stewart, uh, I know al Muhammad had the sack on the second half. But again, first half, four drives for Cleveland. All traveling at least 65 yards. All multiple first downs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All of them were like eight or nine plays, if not more. Yeah,
1: you said nine plays minimum. Yeah, yeah
0: and all, all ending in points. I mean, it's just, this game, to me, I, I looked at it at halftime, and this this will get into our next point, I'm like, shit, this game might be over.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, two scores is a lot right now for this offense to try and come back from. It puts a lot of pressure on the defense, but still, you give up 20 points and a half, I mean, I just got off the morning show, and and, and one of our hosts is saying, yeah, I'll give the defense a B. I'm like, whew, Man, I'd love for you to be grading my, yeah, good my curve. My my papers here. It's kind of like, yeah, second half, sure. You know, forced some turnovers and and, you know, largely kept Cleveland out of out of the end zone, I guess, because, you know, the only touchdown they had was that pick six. But man, you give up twenty points and a half. Yeah. You're playing a game that you can't you you're yeah, you can't win that game. You can't win a shootout. We've talked about it. Right now, you can't win a shootout. See, so, yeah, I thought the pass rush was an absolute joke.
1: Yeah, and there was times yesterday, I think I tweeted, we were only down 7, it felt like we were down 20, 21 points. It we it, it, we just didn't feel like we were in that game at times.
0: And, and you know, one more thing on the on the um pass rush. That offensive line's pretty good.
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is.
0: So when you're facing that offensive line, more pressure, more, blitz more. I mean, you got to do some things numbers-wise to try and create an advantage. If you think your four-man rush is going to get home against those guys, Baker's going to do what he did to you in the first
1: half. How about the two-man rush where they still completed a pass? (laughs)
0: Second and 12, I've watched now three times. And Odell, that's who you completed, too. Right. You drop nine, and Odell Beckham is open? It made no sense. Yeah. Man. This this is what this defense is going to look like against good offenses. This is is the barometer measuring stick Mm -hmm. stuff that we've talked about.
1: Well, let's get into, you talked about the 100-to-1 ratio, the thing that everyone wants to talk about, Philip Rivers' play yesterday.
0: Uh just absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um yeah, terrible from him. Um
1: <laughs> and he knew it.
0: Yeah, his bad is really bad. Yes. And, and I think that's what, you know, so many people are mentioning the Brissett, Ben Chempher Bursett. The thing about Brissette is that Brissett's bad doesn't look as bad as River's bad. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, makes sense.
0: set in the fourth quarter, he won't attempt those passes. He will, he'll just throw it in the dirt and okay. And you're punting. It's it's like a slow death. Mm-hmm. Rivers, it'll be a pretty quick death. <laughs> you know, not to get morbid here on this edition of Kevin's Corner, but I guess I did. Um, you know, decent numbers in the first half. He only had three drives, ten points. You know, Rivers. I thought you know again, pretty good job, really, in the first half. But that pick six, man. I, I don't know what was worse, the decision or the throw. Right. Probably the decision. I don't know what he was thinking.
1: Across the field? like th-
0: He just doesn't throw <sighs> the ball away. No. He, he really doesn't throw the ball away. Um, I I have questions about him outside the numbers right now. I know I asked both Frank and Philip this after the game, and obviously they both looked at me cross-eyed. But uh, I just... I hold my breath when he throws laterally, horizontally. Um, you're on the left hash and you're trying to throw outside the numbers on the right side. Mm-hmm. That ball's traveling for a long time, yes, man. You know, that's I. I've got my moped on 465, and Mahomes <laughs> is next to me with his, you know, whatever Indy car. Like right. it, it's one of those with, with him right now. It's weird though, Chris. When he throws vertically down the seam. It doesn't look that bad to me. It, anywhere near as bad as it does outside the numbers. No, I agree. Like, y- y- you hit the play to Doolin. You hit the play to Johnson. I tweeted this in the first half, and, you know, of course, you got to love when people just didn't age well. Rivers attempts passes, Burset would not attempt last year. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing and a bad thing. It, it's it's too – and that's what I try to get at when this signing was happening. Guys, you're going to get a more in, in, entertaining quarterback. You're going to get a quarterback that will do some stuff that you didn't see last year, good and bad. The Colts have hit. If you look at the big plays the Colts have had passing offense-wise this year, it is many more than Brissett gave this passing offense last season, many more. The problems are the turnovers are just so ugly, and the pick sixes are just I think it was that Browns dude, first snap in the NFL or something, or first snap yeah. playing defense, uh, uh, not the Harrison one, the, the the second pick. I mean, yeah, it's just um, – it looked like Tolzien. It did. It looked like Rams opening day 2017, and, and you can't have that. When you have questions about him physically, you can't have questions about him mentally. Right. And that pick six, especially to Hilton. Um, were you down nine on the second pick? I think it was 29-20 at that point.
1: I don't remember the actual the score at that point.
0: Yeah, it, w- it seemed like it was late. But, you know, you also, I think, have to keep in mind of this is like the Rivers you signed up for. This is the one that oh, wilted we- it away with the Chargers last year. If you put him in these situations, you give up 20-and-a-half. And he didn't, I mean, it's not like he turned the ball over in the first half and had short fields. No, your defense just sucked. Right. So if you're going to give up 20, this dude ain't bringing you back. This passing offense ain't bringing you back. So I think it's all perspective of what you put on his plate. He can't handle too much right now. Week two, week three, week four. The defense didn't need to be historically good like they were in those three weeks. Even if they were just okay, you still would have won those football games. You're playing from ahead. You're controlling the game. Um, You need your rushing offense to help him out more as well. Um, So, yeah, man, I just thought it was – I just thought it was some terrible throws, terrible decision making from him. I worry about him outdoors. You worry about him in windier stuff. The safety, <sighs> he shouldn't throw, like, I put that more on Reich. And we'll get it. Do I have Reich written down? You do. Okay. Yeah. Let's let. How let, much
1: of that goes on Hines as well by catching at the fourth?
0: Yes, definitely. And, and let's let, let's pause because I know we're gonna we're gonna get to that later. I, I want to focus here on Rivers, and I just thought that safety decision making. He didn't, They didn't give him a lot of help there. But he, I mean, he can't make that throw there. So, um, I mean, if you're gonna tell me at the start of the day, you're gonna be down 10 at half, Your run game is gonna be non-existent. I would have said, okay, yeah, Colts lose, and I don't really think they seriously threaten. The rest of the way. And I didn't, I never got the feeling the Colts were actually threatening to win that game, put in overtime, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's just where you are right now at quarterback. You know, lots of questions about Brissett, Mm benching, Eason. We'll get to those in Twitter questions, but that was the worst rivers we've seen this season, um, situationally still. You know, four of 11 on third down, one of four in the red zone. That, that ain't winning football games. No, it's not. So, um, for how good he was, week two, week three, week four, which he was. Um, yesterday was just terrible. Just, just, just terrible.
1: Frank says he still believes in him. Says he's still playing good football. What are your thoughts on Coach?
0: You know, I, I'm going to hold off on the accountability stuff, Chris, until we get into other questions. What I'm going to go with here with Reich is two decisions that stand out to me during that game. First off, I don't know how the Grover-Stewart fumble wasn't a fumble. Yeah. Great challenge by Frank. Yep. Smart to challenge. Him. Mm-hmm. I went back, I've watched the replay numerous times live, because they never showed us a replay live with the whistle. The whistle does not get blown until the ball's out. Correct. So that was a just a terrible mistake by the by the officiating group. Okay, so that means you've exhausted a challenge and you lose the challenge, which means one more challenge and you're done. No matter. Win or lose. That's Reich listening to the people upstairs to tell him to challenge the second one, the OBJ catch. I think it was a first and 10, 27-yard game. Not a turnover. So obviously, turnovers get all get reviewed, and, right. and scoring plays all get reviewed. It wasn't this third and 15 that went for 18 yards and a toe tap, and you could have got off the field, but now they're keeping, like, it was a really, it was a nice play, but in the grand scheme of things, it was pretty minuscule in terms of challenging plays. That decision to me was just a terrible decision. Non, uh, OBJ actually caught the ball. Sort of, sort of thought process. I feel like he saw Jarvis Landry go, "Hurry up!" Yep, and that was panic mode. And the Colts are like, "Oh wow, Jarvis Landry thinks he dropped it. Let's challenge it." And again, you're going to play with two and a half quarters without a challenge. You got lucky in a way. You didn't need to challenge any more plays, but this is the game manager side of Reich that I talk about. Play, brilliant. I mean, play caller, I still think he is an above-average play caller in the NFL. I know this season, you know, the offense obviously struggled, but you obviously love the fourth and two design of the Jonathan Taylor touchdown and the and the shovel potential of Trey Burton there and all that. But, um, you know, you got game management situations against good football teams, man. You've got to be on it and he's lucky that 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 didn't burn the Colts more. And then secondly, I thought the safety play call was one of the worst we've seen. Seven-step drop, Rivers, who moves as well as me, turns his back, has to turn his back for the play-action fake, so he has no idea what the rush is doing in front of him. Mm -hmm. He's now in the end zone. You have a backup left tackle in the football game, and... You really haven't thrown the ball much in the second half. Remember, Rivers had the pick six; they call eight straight runs after the pick six, and then I think Rivers had a couple dumps to Hines. Those—that's the only time he had thrown it since the pick six. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen there? Rivers going to throw some fifty-yard bomb? Your O line's going to hold up, and and you're going to flip the field? Like, okay, you've had some success running it. You still have plenty of time. Just get out of your shadow. And, yes, the Hines thing and, and, and Rivers throwing it, he needs to find his hot read and uh, and just, I don't know, ground it in a much more allowed way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Reich put him in a horrible situation. Uh, Reich mentioned after the game, basically Jonathan Taylor thought the safety was going to blitz. They were going to have chips on both edges, so he wouldn't be worried about the edges. The safety shows blitz, pulls back, Taylor Thinks he's coming, so Taylor goes to pick that guy up, and now Clark's one on one, and the rest is history, man. So you just you you just can't you can't call that. You cannot call that play in that situation. And then the challenge not only do you lose a challenge, but then you're losing a timeout as well. And I mean, there was some end of half situations where who knows you could have saved some more time and potentially got three out of it or something like that. So um, this doesn't happen a lot. With Reich, but again, when you're playing these elite teams or better teams, I should say, these decisions are huge over the course of a game. Right. And um, I thought it was really poor from the head coach yesterday.
1: Were you surprised at all with how often we let the Le Raven go one on one with Garrett? and not have a Jack Doyle over there or someone, Mo'Ally, to help chip. and.
0: Yeah, I was a little bit surprised. And I know that they did some help stuff. It seemed like early on it'll be quick rhythm. That's mm-hmm. how we're going to counter, which makes sense. But um, I, I was surprised. You know, Reich said he didn't feel like Garrett wrecked the game. I think he did wreck it. He had a red zone sack, four quarterback hits. He causes the pressure on, on the safety. And, you know, again, he might not wreck it purely from his stats, but he wrecks it from you did have to help. At yeah. times. And Rivers just consciously knows that LaRaven Clark is his left tackle. And again, this is my biggest gripe of the Chris Ballard off offseason. For the here and now. The long-term gripe is, right. again, quarterback is still this dangling carrot. For the here and now, it's depth of tackle. And a little bit of long-term, obviously, thrown in there as well. But still. And, you know, yesterday we saw why Anthony Casanzo is the most important player on this football team.
1: Well, disappointing loss. We got through the things that you did not like yesterday. What were some bright spots that you saw from the Colts?
0: Well, you, you got to go with the rookie kick returner. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a spark. Isaiah Rodgers, 101-yard kick return. I believe I saw longest play of the year in the NFL. I didn't realize okay. there hadn't been a longer return yet. Um, and really, Chris, you know, we didn't see his 4-2 speed until the end. That was a very well-blocked. Yep. Um, some subtle movements, kind of cutting in and out. I know I'm going to miss names, but I've gone back and watched it a couple times now. Ashton Doolin, tremendous. Down the field. I mean, that's your other kick returner kind of. He's blocking his ass off down yep. the field. How about Anthony frickin' Walker? Plays every defensive snap, <laughs> barely practices on Friday, and he's busting his ass on special teams right. with a big block there to spring it. Wilkins, Carey. I know I'm missing Glasgow, I think, was involved. Um just really good. And <laughs> hilarious to see Bubba Ventrone sprinting down the sidelines, a special teams right. coordinator. <laughs> At that return. So, you know, we talked about it, I think, on the Wednesday pod. Chris Ballard mentioned, we think Isaiah's going to spark one. You know, they've moved him into the permanent kick returner. Right. And still leaving Hines a punt returner. Um, so, that's some juice, man. Special teams unit continues to be really good. Mm-hmm. Blank and making kicks you were missing last year. So, kudos to him as well. Uh, and then, honestly, the only, the only other thing I liked was the run defense. And big-time kudos to that unit. I think... The Browns in the first half with their running backs were 1.7 per rush. That is a awesome number. Um,
1: yeah, especially for that team, the performances they've shown this year. They were the number one rushing offense, right,
0: in the NFL. You know, entering Week Five, and so Chris, I commend that group for what they did against the run. But then I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes the pass rush even more maddening. Because you put them behind the chains, you were, you know, you always hear stop the run first, have fun on third down, whatever the saying is, blah blah blah. I mean, you weren't having fun on third down, man. They were they were carving you up. So uh, the run defense again has been pretty consistent for you, really ever since that opener. And uh, I thought they did a beautiful job, great against David Montgomery the week before, and uh, yeah, I know you had a little leakage late, but uh, to me the game was you know over at that point. So right. kudos to the run defense.
1: All right, anything else you want to touch on, or should we jump into Twitter questions? Oh, boy. Pray for us. <laughs> All right, this one comes from Gary. Rivers is this year's Adam Vinatieri. Tell me I'm wrong, except this time we've made our bed, and now we're stuck with it. Brady is better, even though he doesn't know what down it is. Bridgewater, especially at the price. And even Jameis, even though he's only $1 million and the last two are young. For heaven's sake, Reich is the quarter whisperer, quarterback whisperer, right? On the other hand, he does want to say thank you for your Instagram lives and sharing your life with us.
0: Yeah, we we, we go halftime Instagram live every week. We had a little Rosie Bow appearance yeah. yesterday at halftime. Um, she was asleep. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people wish they were asleep <laughs> as well. Uh, Rivers is this year's adventitary. Okay, stop, 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 Come on now. Adventitary was setting NFL records for historically bad kicking last season. Rivers has been, and again, this is not me carrying Philip Rivers' water. This is the facts. Phillip Rivers has been pretty much a middle-of-the-pack quarterback this season. Completion percentage still really high. Yards per attempt still pretty high. Quarterback rating, I think right now he's like 15th, 16th in the league. Again, his bad, which I really chalk up as like the game's borderline over mm-hmm. at this point. His bad just looks horrific, and it's kind of kind of a cup of tea. What do you want? Do you want a risk taker who will throw the pick six, or a guy who's not even going to take the risk? True. That's pretty much what you're looking at, Bursette versus Rivers. Um, yeah, so I can't go there. And 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 the money argument is fair that he lays out with some of these quarterback decisions. My biggest thing with quarterback this offseason, Chris, was this. Don't tie your hands multiple years to someone you don't believe in. That was my worry about Bridgewater. Yeah. You know, I think Carolina gave him, was it four-ish? I don't know, somewhere around there. Like, uh, no, no. If you don't, if you have worries, don't do that. <laughs> you don't want to be playing Band Aid quarterback purgatory. Um, but yeah, comparing Rivers to Vinatieri from last year, dude, no, that's like, you know, it's like saying Anthony Davis is Brian Scalabrini. I, I, I don't know. Some, just yes, no. No, and obviously Rivers isn't Anthony Davis, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I was watching the game at a buddy's house up in Noblesville, and I looked at him at one point and I said, it's bad that I get scared now every kick. Like last year scarred me so much that it's not one of those like, okay, it's 32-yarder, now you can go go to the bathroom, restroom break. Like, no, I got to sit here and watch because you never know what's going to happen now. We
0: are scarred. Right. Yeah. Fourth down is no longer grab the beer, or go pee. It's you hope CBS has one extra commercial
1: <laughs> so you can go pee during
0: the during the commercial break.
1: This next one's from John. With the explosive play, could Dolan start to see a lot more playing time?
0: Yeah, John, really fair question. He's playing a little bit more than I thought. It was I guess he didn't play a whole lot yesterday, but I think before yesterday it was like twenty five percent the week before, twenty percent the week prior to that. Um, the thing about Doolin is I've never seen him make more than one or two meaningful plays in training camp in both seasons he's been here. Um, but you need a jolt, yeah, offensively, and he gave you that. You know the vertical play to him, the vertical play to Marcus Johnson. I mean those were some nice chunks early on in the game that helped you move it. So yeah, I would I'd like to see his four two speed I think it's four two used a little bit more offensively, but I just don't think he's the most natural wideout
1: for you this one comes from jorge why was jack doyle a non-factor in the passing game he can still block but not so much beyond
0: dude the the doyle targets and honestly more so the mo alley cox targets just mind-boggling to right. me um i think one for each i don't know maybe doyle had two no catches combined for those two you know they've really uh, shrunk doyle's playtime. they've really scaled back and i kind of get it but i'm like wait wait I thought Ali Cox would then absorb a lot of it. He hasn't really taken this big uptick. I still think he can be a – you certainly know Doyle's ceiling, but, like, I still think he can help you out on some third down, just post-up, trustworthy, boom, boom. The Timing's got to be great, though. Because yeah. I feel like Doyle, you know, he's there's no way he has more than five catches on the year. It seems like two or three of them are off these play actions, you know, where he's wide – you know – Loaded up, short yardage, boom! There's Doyle over the top, wide open, sneaks yep. out of the back, you know, sneaks out of the inline line blocking, something like that. So, yeah, I, I don't, I love Jack, but yeah, it's just not all the way there right now mm-hmm. with him. You you know, physically, obviously banged up, and I'd like to see Allie Cox a little bit more involved.
1: Jason wants to know, still convinced Rivers is back next year? I understand this was a team loss, but still, if Rivers is back. Who does the blame fall on more, Ballard or Reich? Reich for lobbying, or Ballard for caving? You
0: know, Jason, when when I say that I'm still convinced Rivers is back next year, I'm speaking from the Colts, not from my personal what I would do. He would not be back. Yeah, you know, like I, I'm, I know the ceiling. I, I know his age. I'm ready to start the next chapter of the most important position. Mm-hmm. In sports, um, is if Rivers is back, who does the blame fall on more Ballard or Reich? Can we say both? I mean, this is a very collaborative decision. I mean, Ballard ultimately is the personnel decider. Correct. You know, Frank Reich obviously has some influence, but you, your draft picks and your signings, it falls on Ballard. If Ballard wants to draft a quarterback high, he doesn't. If he doesn't want to sign Phillip Rivers, he won't. You know, it, it's – it just seems like, yeah, I, it, this is both of them that are heavily involved in this decision. Um, I I also feel like NFL teams, I just don't see them committing to the future as much as I would like them to. Mm-hmm. And I think the culture are in a situation where they're like, guys, we got to win now. And I think that influenced some of this decision re- with going with Rivers as more of the in their opinion, highest ceiling Band-Aid for this season mm-hmm. instead of totally moving on to the future. Um, so, and I also think this is, you know, this is one game. You know, I I, I don't think Rivers offers you this incredibly high ceiling, but you got to think your run game is going to start helping them at some point. And, and if it does, I do think that can change the look of this offense.
1: Scotty wants to know, where was the pass rush in the first half?
0: Scotty, brutal, man. I mean, I, somebody tweeted at me. I think it was maybe Randy. Shout out to Randy. Baker's had enough time to knit a sweater.
1: <laughs> the next progressive commercial. There you go.
0: There you go. I mean, great line. Small. I mean, yeah. He had just the four-man rush. I know the, the sack numbers are they are a little bit skewed for me. I don't. I would push back on people that are like, the Colts pass rush has been at a high level this year. I know there are some numbers you can point to that they've been at that level, Mm -hmm. but it's not consistent enough for me. If you're going to play this defense, really got to get home with four. And I don't think the Leonard loss was, was that, I don't think Leonard's absence would contribute to a whole bunch of... You know, Leonard hasn't had a sack this year. Right. Hasn't had a takeaway. I mean, Leonard has not had the splash plays that were... I think only two tackles for loss. Like, there have not been as much of the all-pro playmaking that we're used to him. So, yeah, man, I I would have liked to have seen some more blitzing.
1: Creighton wants to know, why was Cox never on the field?
0: Yeah, I mean, dude, we're getting a lot of the... Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think he technically was targeted on the pick if I'm not mistaken, um, over the middle there late, a screen. Let him rumble. Let you 6'5", know, tw- 270 get in the open field and then tackle him. Yeah. I think it's you'd have to create some personnel that that defense has to game plan for. And I, I think Ali Cox could offer some of that. It's not like a we're spending 10 hours on how to take away Mo Allie Cox. It's just, a oh, wow, 81's out here. <laughs> he looks big and they're going to give him the football. So yeah. we should probably at least know where he is.
1: Yeah, I mean if you give him a chunk play per game, why not?
0: Right. And, and yes, vertically, I'd like to see it tested, but even a dump a screen, mm-hmm. make those guys tackle him. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: This one comes from David. Is the loss of Mac more detrimental than we think, pass game and run game? This will sound absurd, but do you think Mac made the offensive line look better than it is, or are the backs not being patient enough? Nor seeing the holes that Mac would have, as usual. Great pod, thanks, guys.
0: Appreciate that, David. Um, that's a really interesting thought. I, I don't. Maybe we aren't giving enough credit for the absence of Marlon Mack, and this is coming from a guy that I feel like I I like Mac, and right. I've stated that on this podcast. But yeah, man, it's um something's just a little off with Taylor in the run game, and the O line is not helping him. And we talked about that last week, but still, it just seems like it's not that bad for the yards per carry to continue to be where it's at right now. So, um, yeah, maybe there is more of a decisive, you know, and Mack in 2017 certainly had his issues vision-wise. So maybe this is some sort of a rookie contract thing. I thought Taylor played in college offense that was much more advantageous for a mm-hmm. rather seamless transition. Um, you know, I mean, certainly look at Clyde Edwards. Granted, LSU's offense is – more probably Kansas City-like and just a lot of shotgun, a lot of spread stuff. So, um, yeah, David, I, I I do think it is it is a good point that you that you put out there.
1: Eric wants to know after five games this season, he is convinced that Frank Reich is having trouble calling the games for Rivers and not to mention Taylor. One more week of this and he is ready for Jacoby. I mean,
0: why? Like, why see Jacoby again? This goes back to the debate we had in the offseason about if this season goes off the rails, who do you want? Put in Eason. Yeah. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm not – and, again, this is Kevin Bowen talking, not Chris Ballard, Frank Reich thoughts. I, I would just move straight to Eason. I do not need to see Brissette again. I've seen him start 30 games in the NFL. I'm good. Good. Nice backup. Should have a future in this league. But, no, I'm I'm moving on. Um, you know, as far as the play calling, you God, you have trouble with Rivers' play calling. You've already called plays for him his entire career, or at least, you know, several years in his career. Um, I mean, point blank period, Chris, they've got to get the run game going. Mm-hmm. That is just a, you have to do it. If you don't alleviate that stress off Rivers, because that's the difference. You know, Brissett had this great run game last year. True. Rivers hasn't sniffed that. No. Hasn't sniffed that.
1: Dustin says, I know you have said how important Costanzo is, but do you think he would have held off Garrett better with him in there? Do you think we would have changed do you think that would change the game, keeping that pressure off of Rivers?
0: I, I think it would have helped you out big time. I do. Um, you know, we we mentioned earlier four quarterback hits for Garrett, one sack, a hurry, four safety, blah, blah, blah. It, it's more of the game plan though. It's Reich is thinking, oh boy, do I have to let two guys in to chip on the play action? You know, boy, do I need to go quicker rhythm when I would really love to hit on a five- or seven-step drop here? It, it's And then it's one less skill guy. Mm-hmm. And I Again, when we look deeper at the Garrett numbers, it's the four quarterback hits and the sack and, and the pressure on the safety. That's obvious. But I also point to situational. You're 4 of 11 on third down. You're 1 of 4 in the red zone. It's one less skill player that's out there to help an offense that desperately needs help passing offense wise.
1: Tanner, should we have benched Philip this game? I'm not saying Jacoby would have saved us, but I think that any other quarterback that performed that poorly should have gotten benched. I just don't want us I just don't want to see us put up with mediocrity anymore.
0: Well, I mean, again, Jacoby was the definition of mediocre. So, I I the, the thing of the debate about benching Chris Rivers in the first half was 8 of 11, 120 something, you know, two scoring drives you your 3 like <laughs> there's you know If you pose this question to Frank Reich, he would laugh like none other. Just like, what? I'm going to bench the guy that just led the league in completion percentage through the first three? Like, they are not – the whole benching idea, it really happens very, very little, Mm -hmm. especially with guys that have shown you something this season. And, again, when the if you flip the halves, maybe you have more of a compelling argument. But when you look like that in the first half, I'm sorry, but – uh, a benching I don't think would have done anything to save this game.
1: Andrew says, I don't see this happening, but there needs to be a quarterback change. Brissett played well pre-injury last year. In his opinion, he played better in the first five games last year than Rivers has played so far this year. I don't think it's an overreaction. I just want to win football games.
0: Yeah, Andrew, I'd strongly disagree with you there. Um, I don't think he was better than Rivers through five games last year. Um You know, I've kind of hinted at this throughout the podcast. It's flavor of what you want as your quarterback. Do you want the three and outs when the game's already over? Or do you want the turnovers that make the game look even worse when it's already over? Because that's, I mean, that's pretty much the difference. And I come back to the comment I made earlier about Rivers throws balls that Bursett wouldn't throw. There's good with that. Look at the Johnson deep ball early in the game. Look at the Doolin deep ball early in the game. This offense vertically through the seams through the seams, down the middle, is creating many more big plays than you did last season. And this offense was okay. In the, they had three drives in the first half and scored 10 points. That's yeah. not bad. You, you gave up 20. That is the issue to me. Now, he exacerbates it when he throws a pick six and just a horrific decision and it's over. But I just think you got to know what you're getting with Rivers. Rivers and Bursette. These are not guys that are built to lead comebacks, multi score comebacks. Rivers, I think, gives you more of a chance to be steady throughout a game and moving the football um, a little bit more vertically. I mean, his interceptions have come in these obvious passing situations, and that's what you just have to avoid. So uh, I think people in this city just hate Rivers, to be frank. (laughs) You know, it's like he was the enemy. Yeah. And we hear this all the negativity around him, and he yelled at our fans and all this stuff. So the first moment of adversity, oh, huh, now we really hate him. Yeah, It's not horrifically 32nd-ranked quarterback bad from Rivers through five games. Look at the entire sample size, folks. This is not me carrying Rivers water. This is me saying benching him for Jacoby or saying that Jacoby was better. No, no way. And I, I go back to the run game. He's getting nothing from that run game, whereas Jacoby had great rushing numbers with this offense early on in the season. So it's all flavor of what what you want. Do you want the three and outs to end a game, or do you want a turnover? Mm-hmm. You know, Jacoby's grounding balls as they're trying to come back in games, and Phillips just throwing them to the other team. Mm. I mean, it's <laughs> the end results the same. Yeah, but I guess it's a little bit more from an. Entertainment, entertainment well, but yeah. still, man, you know the the completion percentage, the yards per attempt numbers, the interceptions. Def, I mean, he's got five. I'd put four squarely on him. The Mo Alleycox one, I still don't put on him from that Minnesota game. Um, and you'd like to see more touchdown numbers. I know touchdown numbers can get skewy, and I've talked about that. Um, that's got to improve. You got to get better situationally. Um, but right now, I still think Rivers is giving you better football than what Bursette gave you last. It's not much better. But it is slightly better um, than, than that. But, I mean, neither neither of these guys are giving you January football football. No. Uh, January football quarterback, bud. Sorry.
1: This is from Stampede Statistics. Frank Reich has been a huge proponent of prospects that haven't panned out in Indy. Mentions Ebron, Funches, more and more rivers comes to mind. At this point, should any stock be given into Reich's talent evaluation abilities and should Ballard start vetoing some of Reich's players once? I mean,
0: I guess this kind of goes back to our earlier question. I mean, Ballard is the ultimate decision maker, folks. He listens and values Frank, R- Frank Reich's opinion, but at the end of the day, he you are the general manager. Frank Reich makes the decisions. Sixty minutes, game planning Monday through Saturdays. You make all the personnel, so you have the veto power. Like,
1: and money is a big factor.
0: Money is a mean, huge factor, and I would totally. I mean, the the, the thing. I mean, the dude shattered his collarbone after having a somewhat decent Week One. Like, yeah. uh, not throwing him in there. Ebron was honestly what you thought he'd be. <laughs> we saw it yesterday. Mm-hmm. So most drops Ebron had, or borderline fumbles he had late in the game. Um, yeah, look, Ballard is not signing guys that he doesn't believe in. So this is not all on. Well, Frank said he liked him, so huh, I'm going to sign him. <laughs> no, no, Ballard's looking into this too.
1: Jordy wants to know if you had to put a percentage on Rivers getting benched for either Eason or Brissett, what would that be, and which would you rather see replace? Which of those quarterbacks would you rather see replace him?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, for this week, it's negative a thousand percent. There's no chance in hell Philip Rivers is benched for this week. I wouldn't put it much higher than I don't know, fifteen or twenty for the entire season. It, it really has to go off the rails. Really has to go off the rails. For them to um, bench, yeah, Rivers. And as I've been saying, I I would go with Eason. I uh, I know what I have in Jacoby. We all watched him last season. Start the
1: development,
0: and the development for Eason is going to have to come in game reps. It's going to have to. Um.
1: So yeah. Kev, how about this? We're gonna we're gonna pivot to a little more positive. Oh, how about that? Go. That
0: was a curveball. Yeah, Bailey. I was looking fastball again.
1: <laughs> Bailey says, two bright spots, if you will look at Sunday, could be T.Y. and Blankenship. Says, I think it's great that the kicker can actually put consistent points on the board. Then you have to like the connection between T.Y. and Phillip. What are your thoughts?
0: Again, Blankenship been good, man. A- and he's making kicks. You missed last season, like I said. I do find it weird, though. We're now five games in. He still hasn't kicked anything longer than 44. Yeah. Um, But still, you know, kicks are, and oftentimes these kicks are pretty much down the middle. So, yeah, really nice from Hot Rod, two windy, you know, environments the last two weeks, stepping up there as well. Um, You know, a little bit better from Hilton. I, I know the pass interference stuff, you know, I feel like he's probably drawn at least three or four this season. And I hate to say it, but, dude, you just need even more from him. Right now, you need even more from him. I I mean, yeah. I know it's a heavy burden to put on his shoulders without Pittman, without Campbell, and things like that. But you, you just need him to be a dog for you. And, yes, better yesterday. Um, probably one of his more productive games, honestly, in over a year. But still, you, you just need – was that a drop on the far sideline? Again, CBS never gave us a great – uh, replay of that. It was a catchable ball, in my opinion. There was kind of a, maybe a third down on the far sideline. I think at some point. But yeah, dude, you just you just got to have a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that might sound greedy, but this offense is in that state right now.
1: All right, Matt says Colts offense sixteen points. Philip Philip Rivers negative nine points. I know Rivers contributed to those sixteen points, but it's feeling like a five hundred season and quarterback purgatory. Am I being too reactionary or are we in trouble?
0: Well, uh, Matt, you aren't being too reactionary over the the culture in quarterback purgatory. Yeah. yeah I mean, w- without it, until you have the long-term answer, you are in and quarterback purgatory should be called quarterback hell because it is a hellacious thought process in finding mm-hmm. the right guy. It is difficult. It is not easy. It makes your fan base go crazy. It keeps you up at night. So, yeah, quarterback purgatory is very scary. Um, Yeah, I would call that hell, to be honest with you, especially when it's like you think you're not in it, but you aren't just (laughs) willing to admit it. Yeah, that might be the crazier thing. I guess we I think we have some right accountability questions that I'll hold off of. But yeah, if you think you're, you know, (laughs) thinking you're not in quarterback purgatory yet, you really are, dude. That's like me walking into Rosie's room and thinking the pacifier is just going to cure it, and she's looking at me with the raccoon eyes, and it's 2.15 <laughs> in the morning.
1: Here you go. See ya. You know, and I'm just <laughs> like, okay,
0: all right, I'm up. I'm
1: up. Here we are. Joshua asks, what's wrong with holding employees accountable?
0: <laughs> well stated, Joshua, there. Um, certainly this is in reference to Frank Reich's postgame comments. Um, pretty rosy and that's not a Rosie Bow reference, from Frank Reich after the game yesterday. Um, he's never been a guy that will publicly call out, as too harsh a term, publicly somewhat criticize a player. And I know there's such a fine line with that. Are you losing a locker room if you do that? Are you getting out of your own skin? It seems like that would be out of Frank Reich's skin. Bruce Arians, right in his skin. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's be, you know, and it's kind of like, when you start to differ from your personality, I think that's when guys in your own locker room will question you. Um, I think what fans and maybe even players would like to hear is Phillips got to be better and we all have to be better. You know, you, you kind of quick quickly throw in the right. move from the individual to the team line. Uh, look, I put him in some tough situations. Phillip also made some throws that he liked to have back, you know, things like that. It was very quickly, like, he played a ton of good football. He played really good football. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if we watched the same game, Frank. Um, so, yeah, it was just – it was probably the most – it was the most pissed off I've seen Rivers game. Yep. It was the most coddling I've seen Frank after that sort of performance. A lot of coddling. Which, again, Frank can walk, a, and he usually walks a decent line, of still being somewhat critical for him. Again, this is a former preacher, that way that, you're yep. that, that we talking about. You're not going to get fire and brimstone. And honestly, how many NFL coaches really go full fire?
1: That's what I was going to say.
0: Yeah, like college football is where you got the the, the crazy coaches, which I absolutely love. <laughs> but the NFL, for the most part, you're not getting that. Where I think you really worry, Joshua, is this. Publicly, okay, say whatever. But if that starts to impact your actions, that's when you've got a major issue. And that's what happened last year. Venatari, he's great. Well, least of our worries. Hall of Famer, blah, blah, blah. And you continually run him out there. That's where the issue is. If right. your actions also back up your flaky words and it costs you football games, that is an issue. And like it goes back to the Brissett top 20 quarterback thing. Oh gosh, are you just saying that to try and hype him up, give him a boost? Because if you really mean that and you hold on to him, thinking, and you pay him a certain amount, that's when you get into issues organizationally, roster building, all those things. So that's where we kind of okay, words are words. When your actions are the same words,
1: right? Ugh, ugh. right.
0: Yeah, that's when uh, that's when heads start to get called.
1: Coco asks, "Should Reich be chastised for the lackluster play calling on either side of the field?" says it seems like our strengths are not being utilized properly, and someone needs to put their foot down for these kinds of coaching errors.
0: Yeah, I mean, Coco, great name, my uh, former uncle's dog's name. Um, I guess my current uncle, I should say, former dog would have been the better wording there. Um, yeah, he's still alive. Love yeah. you, Uncle Dan. Um, yeah, game management, you know. Wait, 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 You talked about this earlier. This goes back to the challenge. This goes back to the safety. Um, this is a really important year for Frank Reich, really important year for Chris Ballard. We have stressed that on this podcast, and um, we'll continue to evaluate. Beauty of the NFL. They're going to get back out there in six weeks, and you know the real beauty? They're playing the Bengals. Correct. Slump buster, folks. Should be. Should Better be. be. Nine-and-a-half point favorite. I saw it early on.
1: I'm going to piggyback off that real quick, Kev. We talked earlier in this year, and you you, you especially mentioned wanting to see a little bit more hurry-up. Were you surprised with how methodical they were late in that game?
0: Yeah, agreed. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. It was a very—I get I got that you had three timeouts and the two-minute warning, but, yeah, it was um huddle, muddle-huddle. It was—let's well, kind of get to the line and let, let Rivers— if you need to dick around with the line for 20 seconds, okay. But— don't let the Browns change personnel. Don't feel like they can rest. Let Miles Garrett put his hands on the hips and, mm-hmm. and catch his breath. Yeah, yeah. I, I that, that's a good point that you brought up there.
1: This one comes from Marcus. Rivers blew the game, but people better not forget that the defense gave up four straight scoring drives to start it.
0: Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, ser- thank you. Thank you, Mark. Like, we have forgotten about the first half on Sunday. Everyone wants to talk about the quarterback, and we have, rightfully so. But what the hell was that first half defensive performance? Twenty points in one half of football. This every from... single drive, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> know, I'm no. sorry. It's every drive. It's ten plays. It's seventy-five yards. It's a score. It's ten plays. It's eighty-two yards as a score. It's eight plays. Sixty-eight a score. You were in a horror, and yes, you do have a hand tied behind your back right now with your quarterback. Which we we said like you got to know what you're getting with Rivers. Twenty-five million. Which I know a lot of people like. That's really middle of the pack starting quarterback money. If you Correct. if you cr- maybe slightly above middle of the pack, it's not as absurd. That's around as it franchise sounds. tag, right? I think, yeah, I do, I do. It's it's pretty much like the old dudes that have done something in the NFL. That's what you get, and yeah, just kind of you know keep on playing the position, right? But um, yeah. I, thank you, Marcus. Thank you for the question.
1: Justo says, why did we pay Rivers all that money? Bridgewater and Newton are playing better and getting paid less.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Newton thing was weird, you know, it, how long that lasts in the offseason. I, I had questions about him health-wise. I still have questions about him health-wise. You know, can he hold up for a 16-game season? So I can't sit here and act like I was standing on a table for Newton by any means. I stood on table for Ridge, for uh, Bridgewater in the sense of, if you believe he can be long-term, that would be the smarter move. Right. But if you don't believe, stay away and only do one year. That's that's that was my biggest thing. Rivers twenty five million. Okay, that's unfortunately that's the asking price for quarterbacks in today's NFL. Sure, Dalton could have been a lot cheaper, and Mariota this and Nick Foles this. They're all mediocre quarterbacks. Like let's be honest here. I understood why the Colts did it. They bet on the familiarity, they bet on better offensive line play, they bet on a run game, improved defense, and so far some of those bets haven't really cashed for him.
1: Kevin, Eduardo is begging you to please give him some good news. Like which young players played well because yesterday rivers killed us.
0: Um, Okariki.
1: His name was said a lot.
0: That club, man, that interception. Woo. I know, oh, yeah. Boy, yeah, that was out of his radius, and he just he felt bad for him, man. He uh, he did everything early on. It's like guarding LeBron. It's like you do everything, and then, oh, yeah, and one with the left hand and right. flipping it off the backboard. Some of those catches. Um, he's probably the one. I, we mentioned Rodgers. I'd say Okariki, <laughs> Edward, I'm going to have to search a little bit longer for that, but I'd say Bobby gave you some good, good minutes.
1: This one comes from Old Daner. Could you touch on the Colts having a player character evaluator and not an injury risk evaluator? Don't know if that's even a thing, but this can't be a coincidence.
0: Yeah, you know, Chris, this is a pretty good point. Like, it's interesting. The Colts have Brian Decker, who, you know, evaluates character, and, and how do you judge injuries? How do you predict college resume and how tough a guy is? How Because it's difficult. You know, all these – you, you try to get everyone here at the Combine. Mm-hmm. Try to get all the medicals even, but still, the medical department at Notre Dame is not the medical department at, you know, South Carolina State or you know, like Quentin Nelson's medical records and Darius Leonard's medical records probably looked a little different. Yeah. Just in how much is put into, um, all of that. So, it's tough, man. I I think it's a very fine question. It's something I might ask Chris Ballard now that I think about it in the off season, but uh, that's difficult.
1: Well, sticking there with some injuries, Wake Spike says, hey guys, Hooker, Campbell, and Mac are all out again. Each one of them had concerning injuries in college ahead of being drafted. Bauer likes to look for freak attributes, which makes sense since the game reps can't be recreated to help the players grow. Going forward, should we aim to get more durable players and focus less on getting the freaks and more on guys who are going to show up?
0: Yeah, you know, I I would push back on Mack and Campbell had injury concerns in college. I didn't see any of that. I I would probably have to double-check that, but I don't recall them missing many games, if any. Um, yeah, it just kind of goes back to our earlier question, man. How flukish are injuries? You yeah. know, are you predicting the Dak Prescott injury? Oh my you know, god, Reese. That that was reminiscent of Reese Fountain. That is the same injury Reese had. What Dak happened to Dak yesterday? That was Reese Fountain at Grand Park. The audible screams, the players turning their heads. I mean, we were. I was ten feet away from that play happening. It was just horrific. So, um,
1: do you hear Romo's comment on that injury? Cramp. Yeah. <laughs> For Romo, God,
0: Tony, Tony, you can't predict everything, right? No, right. Just sit that one out. Let let Nance do his emotional thing and move on.
1: All right, this is from Gregory. What's the latest estimated return date for Campbell and Pittman? When do we realistically see them back?
0: Yeah, Pittman, I'd say early November. Uh, he's got to miss, I think, at least at least Sunday, and then you got the bye week. Yeah, I, I don't expect him back till early early November, um, and you hope. You know, with that, that was a pretty serious injury that he's got to rehab in terms of where you look at him. I mean, crutches and moving slow. And Campbell, I really don't know. I'm still not holding my breath that he'll be back for this season. I think a lot of it depends on where you are as a football team. Right. You know, come mid-December.
1: Forged in Blue asks, what is more likely to happen this year? Buckner wins Defensive Player of the Year, Blackman gets Defensive Rookie of the Year, or Jonathan Taylor gets Offensive Rookie of the Year?
0: Yeah, and here at the end, a few questions we got before the old uh, the old pod. Um, yeah, uh, I'm going with Taylor Rookie of the Year out of those three. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's got to change in a in a in a hurry. Defensive backs, do they even get those awards? I feel like no one votes for defensive backs. So, and Buckner, I, you know, I'm you need more from Buckner. You do. Right. Again, we talked about it last week. The sacks, the tackles for loss, like okay. You just his individual numbers have got he can't just be he's absorbing all this and, and he's creating opportunities for other guys. You still need some individual production. And that's something that we we really drove home when this signing
1: happened. Right. This next one comes from Tanner. Did you ever think you'd be hearing Xavier Rhodes named as a quote too way or way too early defensive player of the year candidate? I've seen Buckner's name tossed around in that category, too. Pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, Tanner, no. I, I think that's LOL. Xavier Rhodes is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. I don't care if it was even entering Sunday. Like, Man, no. I wish he had that pick
1: yesterday. Yep, dude,
0: got to have those. With how your defense was struggling, you got to have those, man. That, that could have been a huge play.
1: Huge. This one's from Benji. How much is Rivers hurting the run game? I don't feel like defenses have any fear of him going over the top. Hope you're doing well. Thanks again for all the great content.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is a good point. Um, yeah, that is a good point, Benji. I, I I think a little bit there, but it's like, did Ballard re- or did Brissett really stress it You know that much for you? I don't know. I still see some vertical stuff down the seam. You would think a safety would have to stay back a little bit there, but no, that is a fair point.
1: All right, two more. This one comes from Dad Talks. Why has Desmond Patton not been activated yet to play with how much we are hurting at wide receiver?
0: Um, I mean, just simply, uh, I, I just, I thought it was a redshirt year for him. I I think he's more protected on the 53. Now, if Frank, if there's validity behind, he's beaten press coverage on a routine basis or whatever he said about why he made the team, then I'd throw him out there. But I just, I never believed Patman would give you something year one. I mean, he came from a much different offense, didn't do a whole lot of route tree stuff. So yeah, I mean, this is, he is a healthy scratch every week.
1: The last one's from Jeff. Is it Strausser's is it Strausser's scheme that is hurting the run game they decided after the coaching change?
0: Dude, I just think you're just kinda of getting whipped physically. You know, it's it's you know, you had a great rushing attack last year with Strausser, you know, taking over for Gouge. Um and some penalties, man. Nelson keeps on getting a couple penalties, although that hold was very weak on him. You shed so. the block. Yeah, like, that what? was yeah, that was like, what? um. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's that much on Strasser, but that's probably a fair okay fair comment. Uh, all right, I got two that snuck in here. Cameron, I love Reich and Ballard, but I'm, I'm at the end of my rope listening to them cover for poor play. Vinny last year, Rivers this year. Do they think we're idiots, or are they blinded by old guys they have ties to? You know, Cameron, again, this goes back to something we talked about. of just... Uh, you like to hear them publicly say things that make us think we aren't idiots. You know, Ballard oftentimes says, you guys watch the same game we do. That's kind of his way of being like, um, I'm not going to say how I really feel, but you guys watch the same game. So, yeah. like, and, and think about it. You call Brissett a top 20 quarterback, but then you make a change of quarterback. Your actions, again, cannot mirror this I mean, they sound like Colleen Bowen talking about me after every round of golf I've ever played. <laughs> oh, yeah, I tried all, you know. God love you, Mom, and thank you for the support. But, like, it's not all rose petals. Kevin three-putted four times and, you know, couldn't get up and down from 40 yards on a par five. You know, just we don't need to hand out the third-grade participation trophy and, and rave about the kid who struck out every yeah. at-bat. You know, it's, it's like, this is the NFL. And then Kevin, Kevin asked this question: uh, Are you disappointed in Rivers' performance so far this year, or in the play calling? Taylor seemed to be getting good chunks, only to feed him the ball twelve times in the ground. Seems to be poor play calling. Man, uh, Taylor in the first half though, four for thirteen. Hines one one for three, and not a lot of a uh, lot of uh, pop there from the run game. Yeah, I, I'm probably more disappointed in the play calling. Rivers has not been that far out of the norm for me. You're going to have highs and lows. You're going to have volatility with them. It is a roller coaster having Philip Rivers your quarterback. I mean, again, I laughed in March. I'm like, folks, you're going to get entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be entertainment that you want for 16 weeks, but don't complain about entertainment. He will give you that. He's giving you that. Highs, lows. So I would say the play calling situationally, man, just woof, woof. Yeah. All right. That's all of them. Um, man, we had a lot. We did. I think we're going to have a few more. I expected more, more to really? be honest. Yeah, I think I've got a few more in the can for Wednesday. Cool. We'll come back on Bengals, like we said. I'm um, touching on that. And then the bye week, which I guess the NFL schedule, who knows? But hopefully it'll be status quo for the Colts. Right. But, um, anything else on your mind? Did I miss anything? I think that covers pretty much everything.
1: No, I just, I, as much as yesterday stunk, and we all agree, that game stinks. With the way the Titans are right now, and who knows with the COVID, we're still kind of in the driver's seat for this division, so let's not worry about it just yet. Yeah,
0: you know, I, I am on um, I, – I, I don't know if I'll go driver's seat for the division. Yes, COVID is – who knows with the Titans. But I will still say you – I think you'll be a playoff team. Right now, if playoffs are today, you'd be outside looking in, okay? You're one spot out. I still think it's a playoff team. And again, 5-2 and record-wise. You feel I'm not like panic red neon light right now. I'm trying to like let's all breathe. Let's get through Monday. It can be chaotic. Sun's gonna rise. Maybe not. Sun didn't rise today. <laughs> but um calm. Yeah. And realize that there will be more barometers. There will be games that say, All right, how do you look against Baltimore? How do you look against Green Bay? Week sixteen at Pittsburgh. How do you look? It might. It might be ugly. But if you can make some changes, get the run game going, be better situationally, one of four in the red zone yesterday, Chris. You finish off a couple of those drives, this shootout might have had some some juice to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are questions. I don't know if those answers will come, but there are questions that the Colts will still have 11 more games to try and answer. True. He's Chris Presley. I'm Kevin Bowen. Kay Bowen, 1070 on Twitter, 1075 The Fan. Talk to you Wednesday.